0: The Catholic Foodie Show. This is Jeff Young, your host. Today's Friday, folks. (laughs) Not only is it Friday, it's Friday on a holiday weekend. Uh, Memorial Day is on Monday. And so a lot of a lot of us probably don't have to go to work on Monday. You know, a lot of folks are going to be off. And this is uh, an extended weekend. So I was thinking, hey, why not make today Uh, recipe Friday. What about that? Uh, so I am going to give you some recipes today. You know, yesterday I kept promising I'm gonna give you some recipes and I did. I I gave you a recipe for hummus. If you missed, uh, the show yesterday, of course you can always listen to the podcast version of the show. Um, go to realliferadio.com. It's also available over at catholicfoodie.com. The recipe for hummus, by the way, you can also find over at catholicfoodie.com as well. But today folks, I am going to give you, uh, Some more recipes. This is a a big uh, weekend, you know, for uh, grilling. I think in a lot of ways, this is almost like the kickoff for summer. You know, Uh, a lot of the kids uh, wrapping up school, um, getting ready to have hopefully uh, fun in the sun and relax and kind of recharge their batteries over over the summer. And uh, I know for a lot of folks, they start to to bring the grills out this weekend. It's uh, kind of a classic American holiday. and so you think hamburgers and hot dogs and uh, all that good stuff, and 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 that is good, absolutely, especially when you share it with family and friends. But we're going to talk today about uh, some other kinds of uh, recipes, maybe maybe something a little along the lines of uh, uh, the Middle Eastern cuisine, the Lebanese, uh, or maybe what you would find in the Holy Land. You know, yesterday I had a guest on the show, uh, Gail Silos uh, from the Greek Orthodox Cathedral in New Orleans. Holy Trinity Cathedral, the oldest uh, Greek Orthodox church in uh, North and South America. Believe it or not, that's I, I didn't know that until last year. That's uh, it's amazing, and it's right here in New Orleans, which is a port city. So it doesn't make. Uh, I mean, it's not. It, it does make sense. You know, it does make sense. And Gail joined us yesterday. To talk about this coming weekend or this weekend, starting today, the Greek Fest in New Orleans, which uh, is something that, as I mentioned yesterday, you know, my family and I, we love this. This is a great uh, event for us because the food, the culture, uh, the the music, the dance, all of that is just so similar to my wife's uh heritage which is uh Lebanese. And so we love to go for us it's like a little mini vacation. We go every day uh of of the festival Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Except this year, you know, this year we're we're going to have to take it easy a little bit because uh my wife is uh pregnant and uh, well she's she's very pregnant actually. <laughs> As if there was a, you know, not you know any other kind of way to be pregnant. But yes, very pregnant. We're expecting our fourth child uh, in about two weeks. So um, we want to take care of mama. And I know that the weekend is going to be sunny and, and warm and hot. We don't want to... Uh, give her more than she can handle. You know, she needs to rest and relax. So uh, we will be out there tomorrow on Saturday. If you're in the New Orleans area, I'd love to meet you. You can always come to the Greek Fest and uh, just look for the ball guy with the goatee. I'll be wearing a a black uh, Greek looking uh, fisherman's hat. Um, So (laughs) that's how you'll find me. Oh, and I'll probably be close to the food. You can find me there. Uh, You know, we are going to talk recipes today. I do want to talk about a couple other things first. However, uh, I, I want to give you an opportunity to call in if you have a question, if you want to talk to me about um, maybe what your plans are this weekend, if, you, if you're if you going to be pulling that grill out and, and cooking, uh, I'd love to hear about it. You can always give me a call right now at 855-949-1380, 855 855- 949 949-1380. I'd love to talk to you uh, right here on the Catholic Foodie Show. This is live radio, man. I'm, I'm excited about that. Uh, uh, in my history of podcasting, I've always loved getting voice feedback. Voice feedback was a thrill because on the show, I get to actually hear someone else's voice. It's it's uh, it's It kind of brings it back to what this is all about, right? A dialogue, a conversation. And uh, now that we are on live radio, I, I can't wait to, uh, to, to have calls come in so that I could talk to you live and find out what you've got going on in your kitchen. So a couple of things I want to talk to you about first, you know, I've mentioned this a few times over the last uh, several days, we do have a a GoFundMe, uh, which is kind of a, 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 a Weird name, you know, you think about it, uh, kind of a funky sounding name, GoFundMe. But it's it's one of these uh, uh, social networking type platforms where you're able to get a message out and uh, hopefully uh, get people to to help support a cause, a good cause. And Real Life Radio does have a good cause going on right now. And, and it is called Real Life Appeal. And as uh, a little play on words, there, app. Appeal, right? Appeal, Real Life Appeal. You know, the Real Life Radio has an app that delivers all of our content to you. And uh, and and we need your help. We need your help. Uh, the app itself, we need to do some upgrades to. And uh, that that costs money. That's just the way the world is today. And uh, so we, we're, we're coming to you. We're turning to you because Real Life Radio is you supported. And uh, we're, we're looking to you for some help. Now, there is some incentives here. We do have some incentives. Incentives, And if you go to gofundme.com slash real life appeal, you can find out about the different award levels or reward levels, you know, different incentives that we have, depending on how much you're able to contribute to this, uh, this campaign and uh, some pretty exciting stuff going on. And I'm, I'm very excited about what real life radio has planned for the future. It's already making a splash right now. And I'm very excited about that matter of fact, my second item that I wanted to share with you today uh, um, is a press release that was released today. And I'm going to try to pull that up right here. You can always go to realliferadio.com to check out more about this. Also, uh, I do have it over at catholicfoodie.com. And uh, I'm going to pull it up right now to see what uh, what this is. You know, Catholic, a uh, new Catholic media outlet, new Catholic media outlet to focus on relational evangelization. You know, when we come to evangelization. I talked uh, just on Monday uh, with Lisa Schmidt from uh, the practicing And we had a, excellent conversation about evangelization, what it's all about, you know, really what it's all about. And I think that a lot of us, I know myself included, can kind of get nervous or scared when you hear that term evangelization. It sounds technical (laughs) and big and, and scary, but really evangelization is nothing more than Sharing the good news with somebody, you know, the the thing that's so important to us and that we love so much in our lives, like like our faith, you know, sharing that with with someone else in a very casual way, in a very non threatening way. I always liken it to um, you know going and seeing a good movie. You know, I, I personally enjoyed watching the Avengers, uh, the the Age of Ultron. I, I saw that a couple of weeks ago with my son. I really enjoyed that movie, and so uh, just to, during the, the the course of my day, uh, the the day following. Maybe a few days later, uh, maybe at the office or, or, or in the grocery store or whatever, it was just natural and making conversation with folks to say, Oh, yeah, yeah, have you seen that movie, uh, Age of Ultron? I mean, I, that was really a good movie, you know? Uh, uh, just sharing the good news. Or, you know, for myself as the Catholic foodie, this happens quite a bit where I share the latest uh, new restaurant that I discovered, right? Or the new dish or the new recipe or whatever it may be. It's just very normal, casual. Stuff That's what evangelization really is. And that's what real life radio is doing. You know, Uh, St. Francis, at least there's a quote that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi that I just love. And uh, he says, you know, spread the gospel everywhere you go. And if necessary, use words, because the gospel is supposed to be part of our lives, right? Our faith is supposed to show through in our actions and our decisions. Um, I think it was last week I mentioned to you that I spent uh, two years living with uh, Mother Teresa's uh, priests, the missionaries of Charity Fathers in Tijuana, Mexico. I was in formation with them for two years and had the opportunity to meet Mother Teresa on a number of occasions and, um, well, three or four occasions at least. And on one of those occasions, I got to spend about 15, 20 minutes alone with her in the chapel praying, uh, just talking and praying. And, and it's interesting, you know, I was thinking about that recently. This woman who was known for um, her faith, was known for just this radical living out of Christianity, uh, who, who would pick people up off the streets who, who were like just... Still living, but really kind of decomposing because they were just so bad off, so poor. And she would bring them into her her home in Calcutta and uh, and clean them up and try to give them some dignity, you know, and a dignified way to to die. And just an amazing amazing woman. When she actually like walked the the the, she didn't just talk the talk, right? She walked the walk. And when 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 she would open her mouth to speak, princes and presidents would shut up and listen. I mean, it was just amazing. And this woman, what did she say about evangelization? You know, in a lot of ways, she talked about just, you know, evangelizing without evangelizing. It was simply just being Jesus' hands and feet and just, you know, through your your actions, through the way that you live, through the decisions you make, choosing to love. And and she was so strong and, and, and reminding us all that the place where we need to start doing this isn't in Calcutta. It's like, you know, in your home, <laughs> with your own family. That's where it starts. And so that's really uh, an amazing thing to, uh, to, to think about. And here we are, we have Real Life Radio with this press release today kind of highlighting the fact that what this is all about, it's about bringing the joy of the gospel directly to people on the devices that they use to connect to the world as they move through their day. That's what it's all about. It's about reaching people. How do we do that? Well, in this media-soaked society that we live in with iPhone and Androids and, you know, uh, uh, uh All these devices that we have, um, iPods, iPads, all of that, uh, to to meet people where they are. That's why being Catholic and being on social media is so important today, because that's where people are. And we can't spread the good news of the gospel. Uh, We can't share our lives with people if we're not where they are. So that is uh, a very important thing. You can find uh, more and actually read the entire press release over at realliferadio.com or at Catholic. Catholicfoodie.com. I did put that over there in in its entirety uh, a little earlier this morning. So, And we're going to take a break in just a minute. And uh, when we come back, we're talking recipes today. I'd love to hear from you. Uh, The number is 855-949-1380. And we're taking a break. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show right here on Real Life Radio. Back. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host. I'm so glad that you are here with me today. This is exciting, you know. I think for all the shows up to this point, we've had a, a guest. I've had a guest on the show today. is just me and you, just me and you. But that is okay because I got lots to share with you today. We're doing recipes, and uh, I mentioned uh, before the break that I, I, I did. Uh, I did share a recipe yesterday. It was for the the hummus, and I have to tell you, you know, th- this recipe is. I'm I'm saying it's mine. It's it's really uh, my wife and I. Uh, it's kind of a, a, a our own rendition of uh, her mother's uh, my wife my mother-in-law's recipe of uh, for hummus. Which is a, a paste that's made out of uh, chickpeas and tahini, and uh, tahini is a—it's—it's uh, it's like a, a almost like peanut butter, except it's not peanut butter. It's—it's it's made out of sesame seeds. It's also a paste, uh, and, and you add garlic and salt and lemon juice and maybe a little water, olive oil, uh, salt, pepper, and I personally like to add a little cayenne because I like to give it a kick. You know, I, I like a little kick in my uh, in my hummus. So that recipe is available over at CatholicFoodie.com. If you missed it yesterday, it's also on the podcast, you are welcome to go back and to listen to that. You can find it at, uh, on the, the, the Podbean uh, site, which is what, realjoy.podbean.com, uh, the podcast, and also over at catholicfoodie.com. Now, today I'm going to give you a couple of different uh, recipes, uh, different types of recipes. One's going to be a salad, you know, in honor of the Greek Fest this weekend. I want to share with you uh, my recipe for a Greek salad, which um, if you knew me <laughs> as a child, I'm telling you, I was probably the, the pickiest uh, eater uh, on earth. I mean, it was it was ridiculous. I didn't eat beans. I didn't eat uh, salad. I mean, at a certain point, I think when I was probably 11 or 12, if my mom would let me put enough wishbone dressing on a salad, and I, when I say salad, I mean just like lettuce, <laughs> iceberg lettuce with tomatoes in it, then, then I would probably eat it. Uh, other than that, I wasn't touching it, you know? any other kind of vegetable stay away the only vegetables I would eat would be uh, maybe corn you know corn and, and, and tomatoes which don't really I mean we I don't know People say it's not really a, a vegetable, right? But anyway, um, and then guess what happened? You know, I started to grow up and and my my palate uh, developed, and I was introduced to new foods, and I actually had the courage to taste them, and and I started liking them, and now I eat all kinds of things, and and uh, spinach is one of them. I I tell you, and I, I ask my mom from time to time when I talk to her, it's like, can you believe I eat all this stuff? Because <laughs> she used to try to get me to eat every day. And I was, you know, I I didn't want to have anything to do with it. I wanted meat uh, or sandwiches or junk food. That, that was probably just about all I could, could do, you know, and uh, and today I I would opt to have a salad over a lot of things that I used to love as a as a kid. So there you go. If you have picky children, mom and dad, if you have picky picky eaters at home, there is still hope because I I was a con- I'm a convert. I'm a convert. I eat today. <laughs> so I want to give you a recipe for uh, spinach salad. Also, uh, there's a, a dish that I made just the other day. Uh, I cooked for uh, our local deanery. A uh, deanery is is typically an area, a geographical area of uh, parishes, church parishes. You know, we, we all know the term diocese and archdiocese. Well, each diocese is typically broken down into geographical areas where you have uh, deaneries, you know, you've got a certain number of parishes. And so those priests stay in touch with each other and the deacons, they stay in touch with each other and they usually meet on a regular basis, maybe every month or every, every quarter or something like that. And uh, just to kind of keep abreast of what's going on in the different parishes and and how to best serve the people of God in their area and uh, this past uh, Wednesday on Wednesday our parish my parish uh, was the host of the the deanery uh, meeting and and they always have it kind of centered around lunch and they asked me to uh, to prepare that lunch for for all the priests and deacons about 30, 30 of them there for for the meeting and uh, my wife uh, helped me a tremendous and so did my children. You know, that's one of the blessings of, of homeschooling. We homeschool and uh, we've kind of wrapped up the, the school year at this point and uh, the kids were able to, to help. And my children, my three children, ages 13, 14 and 15, love to cook and they love to, to serve people. And that is just a beautiful thing to see. We got a number of compliments on Wednesday uh, about the kids, but the the folks who were giving us compliments didn't get to see the behind the scenes part, right? And the behind the scenes part is all the work that those kids did that morning to make that luncheon a success. We were up at 4.30 in the morning that day to make uh, uh, spiced date cakes, uh, to make hummus to feed 30 people, uh, to make a Greek salad, and then to make this other dish, which is uh, called coffee. It's uh, basically it's um, kind of a traditional shish kebab. You know, if you have shish kebab here in the United States, uh, typically it's going to be chunks of of chicken or meat, beef or lamb, uh, interspersed with uh, vegetables. It could be uh, peppers, green peppers, bell peppers, red peppers. Uh, could be onions, uh, uh, big chunks of onion or or tomatoes. Uh, those types of vegetables, and that's it's. it's cooked over an open fire or on a grill uh, well in the in the Holy Land in the Middle East uh, when they when they think of shish kebabs when they think of of skewered uh, meat they're they're really thinking of Kafta which is made out of ground meat it's either going to be lamb or, or beef and it's seasoned and it's formed around a skewer and, and it's grilled so it's a little bit different uh, Kafta is not something that you're going to find at least I don't in the Middle Eastern, restaurants that I I frequent around New Orleans, Baton Rouge area. I have had it in the United States. Um, I think it was South Carolina was the last time I saw Kofta in a restaurant. Uh, Very good. I really enjoyed it uh, there at the restaurant, but it's so super easy to make at home. And we're going to talk about that. This is a grilling weekend and I have to warn you, you know, I've had people tell me this before. Kofta is so easy to make and it is so good that uh, you might be tempted never to go back to just regular ordinary hamburger. (laughs) So I have to give you that warning, that little caveat before I give the recipe to you. And if we have time today, I want to get into maybe something uh, a little sweet, Uh, maybe baklava again in honor of the Greek fest. So let's talk about uh, the spinach salad. Uh, First of all, or or the Greek salad, you know, I like to use spinach. You can use a lot of different things. You could use spinach. You can use romaine. You can use a mix. And uh, I like spinach. It's very hearty. It doesn't, uh, it's going to, it's going to stand, uh, stand the dressing. It'll hold firm in the dressing uh, that uh, the the spinach will. And I like to use a fresh spinach. And I tell you, whenever I talk about ingredients and cooking, I say it again and again, ingredients matter, right? The quality matters. Uh, You got to pick and choose good things. If you want to have a a really delicious, impressive end product, you know, something that you're going to serve someone and really be impressive, uh, you really need to put in good ingredients to make that happen. Uh, So I like to use like baby spinach, just, you know, it's bite size. It's, you don't have to worry about uh, you know, having a leaf, a spinach leaf that's just too big to fit in your mouth. But what I do is I make the dressing and the salad separately. And the dressing is going to be uh, six tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil. And I always try to get the best quality I can of olive oil. Uh, two tablespoons of fresh lemon juice. And this is to start because I will tell you again and again and again what do you have to do when you're cooking? you got to taste, taste, taste. You want it to uh, to come out right. The only way to find that out is to taste it. So six tablespoons olive oil, extra virgin olive oil, two tablespoons of fresh lemon juice, a tablespoon of red wine vinegar. I love that stuff. Uh, two cloves of garlic. And uh, what I like to do with the garlic is use a mortar and pestle, uh, which is a, a kind of a wood. I have a wooden one. You can get uh, stone uh, mortar and pestle, but I like uh, to use a wooden one. Uh, you put a little salt in there to give it some friction and put the cloves of garlic in and just beat it. You just mash it, beat it until it's, uh, it really has given up all of its, its juice almost, you know, it's just real, real juicy. And I add that to, uh, uh, to the dressing. And then also a tablespoon of, uh, chopped fresh oregano. If, if I have it on hand, uh, or you can use a teaspoon of dried as a substitute or, and the same thing with, uh, fresh parsley. I like to use a fresh parsley and uh, a tablespoon of that. If I have it, I chop it up and add that or a teaspoon dried and you know just for grins because i know right now i have a lot of mint growing in my yard i love a fresh mint if you have fresh mint you can add that to the salad too it's a it's a wonderful herb to, to cook with and to eat just by itself i mean it's a it's a very good herb uh, and then salt to taste and a freshly cracked black pepper and this is the way i like to make my dressings i we, we like um, uh, jelly or jam and you can have the, the little glass jars left over and there's a certain size. I can't even. I can't tell you right now how big of the, the jar is. It's not going to be a huge jar. It's a very small jar. I can hold it in my hand. But for me, it's like the perfect size to make a dressing, like a one shot dressing, something I'm gonna use just for one salad. And I'll fill that. Up, you know, fill that up and shake it put the lid on, just shake it up. That's how I'll do the dressing. Very easy and doesn't require you going out and buying anything else. It's a, it's a jar that you have left over from uh, jam or jelly. Now for the salad itself, I like to use the baby spinach. As I mentioned, I like to take either, if you have some fresh, large tomatoes, you could use those and you want to cut them, uh, uh, chop those up to, to add to the salad or an even easier way to do it is to use the, um, those little grape tomatoes. You know, I love those little grape tomatoes. It's easy to wash, you can add them right there to the salad. Uh, half of a red onion, those red onions add a nice um, uh um, bite to the salad, and a thinly, thinly, thinly slice that uh, that one half, and add that to to the salad to a big salad bowl. One cucumber, I like to peel that and chop it. Keep in mind that if you keep the interior part of that uh, that um, cucumber, it's going to water the salad. So sometimes you may want to remove the seeds, uh, and then some feta cheese, just crumbled to your liking, and we like to put in a three quarter cup of calamata Olives, which come from Greece, and uh, just toss. Toss it and serve it. So, uh, one of the little tricks I like to use is once I actually have all of the, the, the ingredients in the uh, the salad bowl, is I'll take, especially in the summertime, I'll take that bowl and put it in the fridge before adding the dressing. Don't add the dressing yet. Put it in the fridge and let it chill for 30, 40 minutes. And then when you take it out, you can add the dressing, toss it, and serve it right away. And so you have a nice, cool salad on a hot summer day. So, that's one recipe right there <laughs> that I'm giving you today that is a greek salad you can find that recipe also over at catholicfoodie.com we are up now for it's time for a break uh you can give me a call again give me a call the next segment 855-949-1380 let's talk about what you're cooking you're listening to the catholic foodie show here on real life radio Welcome back. To the Catholic Foodie Show. This is Jeff Young. I'm your host. I'm so glad to be here today with you. And uh, we're talking recipes today. That's right. It's uh, Recipe Friday. Getting ready for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, told you that uh, you know Greek Fest is uh, this weekend in New Orleans. Uh, something that that my family and I are very uh, thrilled about. We we attend every year, and uh, we do another little tradition too. You know, we we start, for us May. This it, what we focus on, right? It's it's Greek Fest month. <laughs> I know we're we're like probably food geeks or something. I don't know, but uh, we love it. And uh, so, one of the the traditions that we have is we like to watch uh, a movie every year this time of the year, usually the week prior to Greek Fest. And that movie is My Big Fat Greek Wedding. (laughs) I don't know if you've ever seen that, but uh, we love it. It it is and it's funny for us for a number of different reasons. Um, You know, I I come from—I mean, my, my family's. American you know I, I, we, of course they came from France and Germany and all that like you know 200 years ago but <laughs> so we're yeah we're a typically American you know uh, my wife's family though uh, her grandfather came from and grandmother came from Beirut lemonon like just over a hundred years ago, so it's a it's a kind of a different experience for them. They have a lot more of their culture that they continue to 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 experience in their daily lives, and that's the food, the music, the dancing, you know, the, the family gatherings, all of it. And if you were to compare my family with my wife's family, you'd see some similarities, you know, to that movie, My Big Fat Greek Wedding. My, it was just me and my sister growing up, the two of us. You know, we had cousins, and yeah, they were cousins. They were around town. They were over, we saw from time to time but it was nothing like my wife's family Lebanese where they had you know you go to christmas and you got 60 people in the house you know, all the cousins are over and everybody's you know having wine and 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 drinking not ouzo cuz ouzo is a greek uh licorice liqueur. But in in, uh, in Lebanon, they have Arak, A-R-A-K, Arak, basically the same thing. It's a licorice liqueur. Uh, very good, very strong. And so you got that stuff flowing. You've got food all over, you know, all kind of delicious uh, Middle Eastern Lebanese food at these uh, family events. And then, uh, which is the stuff that, you know, honestly, truthfully, my family had never been exposed to. You know I still remember and you, you, you hear uh, one of the famous quotes from that movie my big fat Greek wedding this point shortly after uh, the the two principal uh, uh, characters you know this uh, man and woman uh, Ian Miller and Tula Portukalus, uh, when they after they meet and they're going out on these dates or get to know each other and he's trying to find out more about her and she has never no one in the family has ever dated anybody who wasn't Greek right and so she's trying to explain explain. explain to him what, what the family is like. And she uses Christmas as an example. And she says, you know, her aunt Vula forks the eyeball of the lamb that they roast on the, on a spit in the front yard, (laughs) forks the eyeball and and chases her around the house, trying to get her to eat it because it's supposed to make her smart. (laughs) And I tell you, honest to goodness, um, when my mom and dad first met my in-laws, my dad's a, very picky eater. That first time, my uh, my mother-in-law made stuffed grape leaves, right? With lamb and rice and seasonings and, and all that kind of good stuff. Stuffed grape leaves, which is something that my dad would just, it was horrified, you know, seeing that. Like he just is a picky eater. He can't eat that. And my, my, my mother-in-law actually chased him around the kitchen <laughs> trying to get him to eat a grape leaf. I mean, this is classic, which is why, which is why we watched that movie every year because we can relate to it. The big family, everybody's loud, everybody's in everybody's business, you know, that kind of thing. But there's a real love of each other. There's a real love of food, of good food and, 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 and dance and just the time that, that, uh, that families get to spend together. So in honor of that, I'm going to play this, uh, one of the things I used to do with the Catholic foodie podcast is play these bumpers, right? I'd come up with these creative bumpers and I wanted to, uh, to share this with you because we have a bad habit. I don't know if you have this kind of habit in your house, but when you watch a movie that you really like, your whole family watches it, you tend to quote that movie to each other. Do you all, do you experience that? I don't know if you do, you can always call me, you know, I've got this number over here. It's 949 1380. You can tell me all about it. 949 1380. Give me a call. Uh, but we quote movies to each other, your movie quotes. And, uh, this is one of them. My big fat Greek wedding, the scene where, um, uh after Ian becomes Greek, he's baptized at the Greek Orthodox Church and all the families get together. They're celebrating Easter as well. And Aunt Vula is offering to cook for Ian Miller. And uh, let's take a listen when you come to my house and I cook for you. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah, that might be a problem. What's problem? I'm the best cook in the family, tell him. Oh, I did, didn't I? Twice. Okay, then. <laughs> oh. Um, it's just, uh... Yeah? Ian is a vegetarian. He doesn't eat meat. He don't eat no meat. <laughs> no, he doesn't eat meat. What do you mean he don't eat no meat? <laughs> Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I make laugh. laughs. I love that. Love that. And so that's, uh, you know, we're, we're not going to talk about, I did give you a salad earlier, but the recipe that's coming up now is not a vegetarian recipe. This is kafta, called kafta. Uh, it can be spelled different ways. You know, these are... Um, Arabic words that are you know and I ran into this problem a lot in the cookbook you know right in this uh, the, my cookbook that came out in November around the table with the Catholic foodie Middle Eastern cuisine I ran into this a lot because we're talking about Arabic words are not even written with our own letters right if you're if you're used to, to 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 English as your mother tongue I mean Arabic has its own characters its own letters and so you're not only are you uh, trying to go from one language to another you're trying to go from one alphabet to another uh, so the spelling are different you're trying to phonetically spell these words how they how they sound and so it's kofta some people say it's kofta k o f t a or kofta, K-U-T, kufta k u t k u f t a i've even seen it as k o f t I mean, it just depends. But kofta, no matter how you spell it, it, it tastes great. And essentially, as I mentioned before the, the break, this is the traditional skewered meat of the Middle East, uh, of the Holy Land. You're going to find it there at the Holy Land. And it can be beef or lamb. It's your choice, you know, beef or lamb. This is what we made uh, this past Wednesday for the deanery meeting, the luncheon um, at St. At Peter Parish in Covington, Louisiana. And uh, basically what you want to do, you want two pounds of ground, meat. It could be beef or lamb. Um, you want to get one large sweet yellow onion. You know, Georgia produces these Vidalia onions that are just so sweet. They're, they're really, really good. If I can get a Vidalia, I use that. Otherwise, any kind of uh, large sweet yellow onion. And I want to take that and chop it finely. Finely, finely, finely. And uh, four cloves of garlic. And again, I use a mortar and pestle to uh, to crush this garlic. And um, all this stuff is going to go into one big mixing bowl. Uh, I've got some excellent, very um, easy to use, big glass uh, mixing bowls at home. And that's what I like to cook in. Uh, So two pounds of the ground meat, a large sweet yellow onion, finely chopped, four cloves of garlic, six tablespoons of fresh parsley, and I uh, want to chop that up finely, and then also fresh mint. As I mentioned earlier, you know we got mint is growing very well right now. The springtime, a lot of mint in my uh, in my yard right now, and we just go out there pick it, uh, wash it, and and chop it up, throw it in there. So two teaspoons of uh, tablespoons of um, fresh mint, one teaspoon of freshly, freshly cracked black pepper, and two teaspoons of kosher salt. Of course, this is the taste. You know, I have found that for my taste, uh, this works. You know, this works for me. So two teaspoons of kosher salt, uh, a half a teaspoon of cayenne pepper, because I like that. Again, I like that kick. You could omit it if you don't like cayenne. Don't worry. Uh, don't fret. Just don't don't add it. Or you can only add a, a quarter teaspoon if you prefer. But I like a half a teaspoon cayenne pepper. Uh, one teaspoon of allspice, one teaspoon of cinnamon, and one teaspoon of cumin. Those are three spices that kind of make up part of the, the flavor profile of Middle Eastern cuisine. You're going to find those used in a lot of dishes, a lot of savory dishes, which is something a little odd or peculiar for for those of us who were born and raised here in America. you know we're not used to having allspice cinnamon and cumin in our meat maybe cumin because Mexican Mexican cuisine uses cumin um, in a lot of their dishes but uh, allspice and and cinnamon is something we think of in terms of dessert but it, you add it to this meat it is, incredibly good. It really is. So what you want to do is you want to need all that together. You want to knead that meat with your hands. Uh, How do you know that that someone is a good cook? Because they use their hands, right? So you got to get in there, get down and dirty and, 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 uh, knead that meat until it gets really uh, sticky. You want it to, what you're doing is your, um, it's a process that's going to help this meat really stick to, uh, the skewers. You can use metal skewers if you like, if you have those, uh, wooden skewers are fine. I I prefer the thicker ones. some folks will tell you, Oh, you have to soak them because they're going to burn on the grill. If you don't, well, here's the fact they're going to burn either way. <laughs> so if you want to soak them, soak them. You can, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't uh, find it necessary. Uh, they're going to burn either way. And really this could be a hot grill. They're only going to be on the grill for maybe six to seven minutes total anyway. Uh, and so what you do is once, you know, get four to six ounces into the, into the palm of your hand. Uh, I like to shape it kind of an oblong shape, uh, almost like a hot dog. You know, it doesn't have to be completely round or cylindrical, is that the word? Uh, it doesn't have to be like a cylinder, but you want to stick the uh, the skewer into the middle of it and uh, put it onto a some sort of a, a pan. You can lay down wax paper if you like to keep it from not sticking. And that needs to go in the fridge, right? Do that with all the meat. That needs to go into the fridge for at least an hour. You want it to chill and kind of set for at least an hour. It can go as long as 24 hours. Uh, get, your, get your grill going, get it really hot. Uh, if you're using charcoal, get that going and then basically all you're going to do is put them on the grill and and grill them about three to four minutes per side is all it's going to take. Uh, excellent stuff. Kofta, you'll probably never go back to making hamburger again if you make this. Uh, I promise you it is that good. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show right here on Real Life Radio. we got to take a break. We'll be back in just a minute. Catholic Foodie Show. This is Jeff Young, your host, and we're talking recipes today. It's Recipe Friday. And uh, again, you know, if you have a recipe, if you have something that you like to cook, especially on a weekend like this, an extended weekend, a long weekend, a uh, holiday weekend, Memorial Day weekend, uh, give me a call, 855-949-1380, 855-949-1380. I'd love to hear from you uh, right here on Real Life Radio. Very exciting, huh? Again, uh, we had that press release come out the, this morning. Uh, please do go check that out over at realliferadio.com or uh, over at catholicfoodie.com. Uh, and help to spread the word, please. Help to spread the word. You know, it's all about evangelization and how do I evangelize? I evangelize by talking about food. I talk about food, and the good thing about food is that everybody has to eat. Matter of fact, let's listen to Jamie Oliver and what he has to say about this. I really like this. Take a listen. Here's a way you can be creative on a daily basis. Well, how else in your life can you actually create new things every day? And you have to eat. This mm-hmm. is the thing we all agree on. If you're going to eat free time today... To the day that you die, why not be good at it? You see? So uh, I agree. I agree. Why not be good at it? That was from an interview. Uh, it was something on TV, actually, uh, between Mark Bittman, who is a uh, food writer, uh, cookbook author uh, up in um, in New York, and, and Jamie Oliver. And uh, anyway, a very good, very good message there. I, I, I like that. And, and the, the thing about it is this— um, I have the opportunity to talk to people from all walks of life, Catholic or not, uh, because I talk about food. And what an incredible way to, quote unquote, spread the gospel, right, by talking about food, because I'm able to uh, reach people that uh, some of the folks who are talking apologetics, who write apologetics and talk apologetics all the time may never reach because apologetics may turn off somebody else. They may be turned off by that and and, and they run the other way. But I'm talking food and just by virtue of the fact that I am Catholic. I, I live my faith. I practice my faith. Uh, the grace of, of God is operative in my life. Uh, just by virtue of that fact, in some way, shape or form, God's able to touch, reach out and touch other people uh, through through the work that I do. And that that is a complete, I mean, it's amazing to me, first of all. And it is just such a blessing. And it's all gift. It kind of reminds us that it is all gift and it is all grace. And uh, so please do check out the, uh, the the news that came out today on Real Life Radio, realliferadio.com or over at catholicfruity.com. Please do uh, share the word. We need to get this uh, this word out there. Same thing with the GoFundMe campaign. Very important that we uh, make the upgrades to the app that we need to make. Uh, please do uh, help to spread the word there as well. Now, we're talking about recipes today. Why? Because it's Recipe Friday. That's why. Big weekend. I have mentioned uh, Greek Fest this weekend. I'm very excited about I gave you the Greek salad recipe earlier because, you know, we're kind of in honor of, of uh, Greek Fest. And now what I'm going to do is end the the recipes today, uh, on a Greek note as well. Um, you know, the, one of the things that I was very happy about, uh, I was able to share the, the recipe for baklava, uh, from the Greek fest and my cookbook that came out in November, uh, around the table with the Catholic foodie, Middle Eastern cuisine. It was published by Liguori publications. Uh, it's available, um, Amazon.com, it's available, Lagori.org, it's available uh, in Catholic bookstores all over the, the country. I know that some of the, uh, some Barnes and Nobles and other independent booksellers also have it in stock. You can always call and call ahead and find out if they have it. Um, but always available, Amazon and uh, Lagori.org is uh, too. So, baklava is a pastry made with uh, layers of phyllo dough. Uh, it's, it's filled with chopped nuts and sweet syrup. Uh, it's probably one of the most well-known Middle Eastern desserts in the United States. Uh, it's a standard on menus in Greek and Lebanese restaurants uh, but baklava can be claimed as uh, a national dessert by many countries you know in the Mediterranean area and each country and that's just like here you know each country has a different way or different take on this particular uh, recipe uh, In Greece it's very interesting to note that in Greece our, our uh, Greek Orthodox brothers and sisters they have a, a wonderful tradition You know, the baklava traditionally is made with 33 layers of phyllo dough. Can you imagine why? (laughs) It's in honor of the 33 years of Jesus' life. So uh, that's pretty amazing. You know, phyllo dough is probably uh, the most unusual element of the dessert, working with phyllo can be very uh, challenging. It's very, very thin, thin, thin layers of pastry. It's very uh, uh, delicate uh, work, you know, working with phyllo dough. But they do have a recipe over at Greek Fest, at the Greek Fest website, greekfestnola.com, N-O-L-A for New Orleans, Louisiana. You can find it there. Uh, Go to catholicfruity.com and search for it. If it's not there on the website, you can at least um, get a link to where you will find it. But this is what you're going to need. Again, you've got a, a syrup, a baklava syrup that you have to make, and that's the first step. And then after that, the baklava itself, and then you're going to add that syrup to the baklava. So for the syrup, you need this. You need uh, six cups of sugar, four cups of water, the juice of half a lemon, three cinnamon sticks. Uh, so let's see, okay, five whole cloves, and then two tablespoons of honey. And what you're going to do, because this will make about uh, 32 uh, pieces of baklava total. So you're going to combine the sugar, the, the water, the lemon, the cinnamon, and the cloves in a large saucepan and bring it to a boil. Uh, then you want to reduce the heat and simmer over medium heat uncovered for 25 to 30 minutes. What you're looking is you want it to to, to reduce. Uh, so you, then what you do is you turn the heat off, uh, stir in the honey until it's dissolved, and then let that syrup cool at room temperature. And then once it cools, you can chill it you can stick it in the fridge and chill uh, now for the baklava itself what you're going to need is 2 pounds of unsalted butter um, so you know it's going to be good if you get 2 pounds of butter is going to make anything good uh, 2 pounds of unsalted butter 2 pounds of frozen phyllo dough which you can get already prepared right it's in a box you want to thaw that uh, then 7 cups of coarsely chopped walnuts um, a quarter cup of sugar and 2 heaping tablespoons of ground cinnamon so you preheat your oven to 300 degrees you remove the, the thawed phyllo from the boxes and arrange it on a work surface and cover cover it with a damp kitchen towel melt butter and in a medium saucepan and then skim away and discard the foam from the top pour off the melted butter into another saucepan leaving behind and discarding the water from the butter or the drain off from the butter. Uh, then you want to butter an 18 by 13 inch baking sheet, arrange one layer of phyllo in the pan and then butter the phyllo, butter that top, right? You want to make 11 more layers in the same manner. Just boom, 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 all that butter in the phyllo. Being sure to butter the phyllo well. You don't want it to stick together. You want to keep it kind of separate. Uh, then in a bowl, combine the walnuts, the sugar, the cinnamon, and sprinkle a cup of the nut mixture over the phyllo and top with three layers Uh, top with three layers of phyllo buttering in between each layer of the phyllo. So you got a middle layer and you got more phyllo on top. Continue to make more layers in the same manner until all the nuts are used. So arrange 14 sheets of phyllo over the last of the nuts being sure to butter between each layer of phyllo well. With a sharp knife, cut baklava into diamonds or triangles about two inches in diameter. Then you want to bake the baklava in the center of the oven for two hours until gold. That's at 300 degrees, remember, uh, until golden brown. If the baklava browns too quickly, reduce the oven to 275. And then remove from the oven and immediately pour the chilled syrup over the top of the hot baklava. And, uh, that, and that, that's the trick right there. That's the trick. Uh, if you want moist but not soggy baklava, you need to pour cold syrup onto hot baklava. And it is so, so good. Nothing like a little baklava in the afternoon with a, with a, with a nice hot cup of coffee. In my opinion. Now, one of the cool things about uh, Greek Fest is because, you know, you're outside. A lot of the the activities are outside. You got thousands of people there over the course of the weekend. So in addition to having like hot coffee, which you can drink, they also have these frappes, which interestingly enough, the frappé, the drink, the frappé actually became very famous uh, by accident. Uh, and it came out of Greece, believe it or not. It's a cold drink, served over ice, a coffee drink over ice made with, um, instant coffee. Isn't that funny? Instant coffee. So the frappe, I, t- I told my wife, uh, yesterday, I think it was yesterday afternoon. She was, uh, very tired, of course, uh, being pregnant, you know, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, very pregnant. Uh, she was a little tired yesterday and I said, don't worry, don't worry, honey. On Saturday, I'll, I'll buy you a frappe. A little afternoon pick-me-up. So that is, uh, those are some recipes today on Recipe Friday. I hope you enjoy those. There's still a couple of minutes. You can probably call in before the end of the show if you have a chance, 855-949-1380. 855-949-1380. Be happy to talk to you. If you can't call in today, hey, we'll be back next week too. Um, Again, we're talking uh, recipes here at the Catholic Foodie on the Catholic Foodie Show I think if you look back over the past week or uh, a uh, week and a half, you can see some of the different things that we like to talk about here that I like to talk about and share with you. Uh, we've had, uh, we've had uh, guests on the show talking about beer. We talked about travel. We talked about the Holy Land. We talked about uh, the Greek Orthodox uh, and, and, and the Romanian Orthodox uh, Church and, and their experience with food and faith and how they, how they see food as service. We talked about fasting here on the Catholic Foodie Show and, and the part that that plays um, in, in our feasting, right? Because you can't just feast all the time. It has to be a balance. But the fact that food brings us together, it creates family, it creates community. That's, that's really something that, uh, we need to be more intentional about today in a day where we all have our devices. We all are busy. We're all on the go. Uh, and it, and it's, it's, um, you know, we need to be intentional about the time we spend together about getting around the table at the same time as we talked about with this new press release that just came out today, we need to be there too on those devices. We need to be a presence there on the device and to, to give people good content to help uh, bring them closer to, to God. And that's what it's all about, to share the good news, to to talk about God, but to do it not necessarily in a way that uh, is uh, beating anybody over the head with it, but uh, talk about God and talk about faith through food or through beer or through uh, whatever it may be, right? Relational evangelization. You're going to find more about that with that new press release that came out today over at realliferadio.com and also at catholicfoodie.com. If there's any kind of content, any kind of uh, guest you think I should have on the show, any um, uh, thing you want to hear more about, recipes, you can always email me at Jeff at CatholicFoodie.com or connect with me on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, just search for Catholic Foodie. And, uh, and and I would love to bring that uh, to you here on the Catholic Foodie Show on Real Life Radio. Thank you for being with me today, and we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Bye bye.